Hey everybody, welcome back. This is episode seven. My guest today is Katie Donzanti. She's the owner of the Peaceful Peacock in Orlando, Florida. And there's a couple things that I super duper love about this episode. For one, I want you to tune in to hear her story in terms of her first yoga class and what got her into yoga and what led her to her career that she has now as one of the leaders in our yoga community. Um, Something about her story is very special to me personally because it just goes to show you that you never know the impact that you are having as a yoga teacher. You might be teaching a class and in your own world, but you never know what the students are going through when they're taking your class and how that's going to impact them down the road. So that's one thing I'm really excited for you to hear about. But the other thing I'm even more excited for you to hear about is Katie is someone who I consider an expert in our field when it comes to all things inclusivity. So if you've ever found yourself feeling a little insecure around your language, when it comes to race or gender or things like that. Katie's done a lot of work and continues to do a lot of work to help us have an open conversation where we can learn together and ask questions and do better together um, rather than being kind of like afraid that you're going to say the wrong thing and, and going down that path. So I hope you enjoy this episode and let's go ahead and dive in. Hello, my friends, and welcome to the Body, Mind, Spirit Service Podcast Show. I'm your host, Shay Knight. I'm a yoga teacher, a teacher trainer, a massage therapist, and a wellness entrepreneur coach. And I've been in this industry for over 15 years. So believe me when I tell you, I know that you feel called to serve others with your work. And I also know that sometimes you scream in a pillow, run out of money, feel isolated, and question your career choices. (laughs) Listen, we all do it. So on this show, we're talking about it with our colleagues. We're talking about money, marketing, work-life balance, burnout, side hustling, full-time hustling, and what it takes to keep going, or sometimes to not keep going. Each recording is dedicated to you. Wherever and whenever you tune in, I hope you gain a little something to help you on your way. So before we begin, I invite you to take a deep breath, get centered, maybe make a cup of tea, and be present while you listen. I'm so glad that you're here, and I hope you enjoy. So Katie Donzanti is a wife, mom, passionate yogi entrepreneur, neurodivergent, punk rock creatrix, equity inclusion advocate, animal rescuer, and the owner of the Peaceful Peacock, an intentionally inclusive and accessible yoga studio based on the land of the Seminole and the Timucua peoples, now known as Orlando, Florida. She's the sole owner, Solution Rebel, leads a team of 12, and is committed to bringing yoga to diverse beings through justice-focused offerings. She just started doing yoga, you know I'm going to ask about this, after losing a bet, and here we are. So thank you so much. I want to hear about the bet first of all. Sure. Do you want to you want to talk about the bet and how I yeah. how I came to this like the journey? Um. So I think almost every studio owner I have met has some sort of glowing transformative path about how they came to find yoga and what it meant to them. And um, mine felt a little bit more impromptu and clunky in that I lost a bet to a friend. And the punishment for that, for me being the one that did not win was uh, I had to take a yoga class. And I really fought that tooth and nail because I 
was approaching it from a place of really not being informed about what yoga is. And I had also um, assigned myself false narratives about I'm too big. I, uh, my wingspan's too much. I'm going to hit people. I'm not flexible. I can't shut my mind off and I hate feet. And this is a room full of bare feet. And so what am I going to do in this class? But I am a person that honors my words and commitments. I gracefully showed up for this class. And I am also a person that if I say I'm going to do something, I do it to the best of my ability. I don't half-ass anything. I whole-ass everything. And so I thought I'm really just going to commit. I'm going to listen to what this instructor has to say. And it was a moment that changed my life because I found stillness for the first time since probably childhood. I was not taught or modeled um, to be a person that rested, had stillness, had time to contemplate. I was raised by two incredibly loving, well-intentioned folks that um, conditioned a beautiful workaholic. <laughs> and <laughs> goals were a priority, Move, moving, what was the next thing, um, loading up our schedules with extracurriculars. And so we were um, high functioning, high firing, high traveling. And so I, I happened upon this class in an accidental way and that was the output. And then I kept doing that. I kept seeking that stillness and I found how it applied um, and benefited my, my current life and where I was at that time. So how long ago was that first class? That first class was about 10 years ago. Do you remember where and who led it? Yeah, I do. Um, it was a studio that you had founded at one point called Live Oak. Get out of town, Katie. I didn't know that. <laughs> you didn't make it me was... cry today. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, it was Live Oak. Um, the, I'm legit crying right now. <laughs> the instructor was Lulu Rivera Free. Oh, okay. And, Sorry, listeners. Um, these are people dear to me, and I'm going to oh, cry about it. Things come up in these podcasts wow. and we just have to roll with them. But one of the very um, pivotal and focal points for me is you had a mural that I think your mom had painted. At the she front. sure did. Yeah. And there was a red bird to the right of where I was standing. And mm -hmm. for all of those years and all of those classes, that red bird was really my drishti, my focal point, what kept me going. <laughs> so thank you, oh Shay. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> How did I not know that? I can't believe that. If you've told me that, I must have spaced it out in some PPD land of the last five I years. Know. I don't know. I don't know if we've ever, like, <sighs> we've talked about many things together, but I don't know if that was ever, like, part of the detail that oh woke my gosh. So I present that back to you, our great podcast host. Oh, what a gift. And Lulu, of all people, you know, she was one of my very first customers mm -hmm. at Live Oak before yep. she trained with me. I, I trained right. her to teach. So, gosh, that... Mm -hmm. And I'm over here, I'm listening to your story, and I'm looking at the Ganesha over your head. Um, for anybody who's not watching, just listening, it's like, it was a pomp frond, right? Yep. Wasn't it? And it was painted, and it used to hang in the back of Harmony, where I worked for many That's years. Good. And I'm like, oh, yeah. hi, the little Ganesha's there, and all the connections. Uh -huh. I was not expecting you to circle it back to live <laughs> out. That, what a treat for me. So just... Mm -hmm. So, you know, that little cardinal my mother painted, um, mm -hmm. I'll have to find a picture to share about this now, but right. she painted it because the 
Cardinal to me represents my grandmother who mm-hmm. died when I was a baby. So her mom yep. and she, I always feel like, I know a lot of people say this about Cardinals. I always feel like yep. she, when I see a Cardinal, I know that's my grandma and she had a yep. lot of energy in that studio. So uh-huh. that was her little place to just yes. to be there for who needed her. So my gosh, you just day made, day made. <laughs> Podcast over, oh Jay made. Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. Okay, so I wanted to circle back to something you said that you experienced um, stillness from like the first time mm-hmm. as a kid. Yeah. And I was curious if you remember like, like how do you remember stillness as a kid? Like what, what comes up? What do you remember about that feeling? Um, stillness for me was kind of where I could find it. I traveled a lot as a kid. I spent a lot of time out in nature. Um, and just being able to kind of enjoy those moments and checking out. Um, I was really into like imaginative play. I had a flair for the theatric and so stillness in childhood, um, to me was just kind of being alone you know, in my room. Um, I guess now, like as, as a a 41 year old, you know, I can say when I was staring out the window on these long road trips, going through America and seeing the changes along those routes in, in terrain, in people, in buildings, in population, in nature, in temperature, um, you know, those were all kind of like moments of stillness, but, um, a lot of, my memories just include like school, hustle, grades, sports, hobbies, um, you know, and I think too, when you become a parent, you understand your parents better. And I had a wonderful, great childhood. And, um, you know, I am, I'm thankful for the parts that made me me. I'm also thankful for the parts that wove in that I've now had a, a chance as an adult to look back at redo make better decisions, make, you know, decisions that inform my parenting moving forward. Um, and, but it was that feeling of the world just kind of stopping around me of no one needing anything from me in that moment. Um, conversations, deadlines, um, to-do lists, the inventory that I had of toilet paper at my house, all that kind of just ceased in that moment. And that was given to me. I didn't, I just went along for the ride, but then it was like, oh, I have a choice in how I can find that, seek that out, make time for that, create that. And so that was, that was, you know, what kind of started it all. I love that. I love that. I relate to the um, road trip window gazing, like hardcore. Yeah. That was like meditation right. as a kid, just uh-huh. all, all of the flashing yeah. images and just like the steadiness with the change. It's really yeah. mesmerizing. Yeah. I, I, my kids will ask me for if they can have their tablets and stuff in the car. And mm-hmm. I'm like, you know, you need to look out the window a bit, just, just Great. a bit, you know? Great. So I love that. Um, okay. So back to a full adult, Katie. Sure. <laughs> Jumping mean, forward. Um, mostly, mostly present. We'll, we'll call adult, her present day, like, yeah. present day, Katie. <laughs> um, I want to talk about the work that you're into now because yeah. it is, ever relevant and like you're at the leading edge of things that a lot of us are still barely catching up to learn and I think it's I can speak for myself and say that a lot of it is intimidating and I always feel like a generally totally loving human but I 
I now catch myself saying and doing things. I'm like, wait, was that okay? Was that okay? Is this inclusive? Is this Mm -hmm. correct? I mean, even I wanted to walk you back to even your bio because as I'm reading, I'm like, what is the correct way to say she, her? Do I say Mm -hmm. to our listeners, Katie identifies Mm -hmm. as she and her, or do I just say she and her and assume that that's the permission you gave me to say, do you know what I mean? Like, what are the table manners around all of it? Or where do you want to start? Because I know this is your your passion and I would love to hear all about it. Um, It's my passion. I would say it's presently my wheelhouse. And to that point, I would also say that I'm always learning and unlearning. And um, for every nugget of progress, I feel like I can make on myself with that. Um, I probably make two mistakes and it's that process of making mistakes, learning, talking, asking questions, um, you know, getting information, seeing how you feel about it, unpacking things that, you know, you've learned or thought were always going to be the way. Um, and so I, everything that you said, uh, you know, pronouns wise is great with me. And I, when I introduce myself, I say, uh, my name is Katie Donzanti and my pronouns are she, her. Um, understanding that gender is a fluid concept. Um, people have the right to share them, not share them, change them, you know, and um, that's important for us and the work that we do here at the Peaceful Peacock because we're really about being a brave space and um, honoring the individual and supporting them for who they are um, on that day. And we do that with staff, we do that with clients, we do that with vendors. And uh, that, you know, that kind of work, it's, there's so many levels to this work um, for me when it comes to having an inclusive and accessible space and, you know, pronouns and gender and orientation are just kind of one of those layers. Um, But this role for me and this work in this studio and and what I'm doing now in the world with it um, really stemmed from looking around and seeing that we were we were missing some things in yoga um, that I was going into spaces and looking around. And one of my first, you know, I'm, I'm very observational and analytical. And I just kept going to pick places and being like, who isn't here mm-hmm. and why? And so I think that constant like asking of the whys is really important to the work and the journey for, for what we offer here, but just for anybody like looking to, to move through the world and be a good friend, human citizen ally. And I'm, I'm curious, my assumption would be that this came out of like, you mentioned like a contrast of like what you notice is missing. This yes. is what drew your attention to it. Um, yeah. And just like, you know, evaluating where I was at the time and, and, you know, my privilege um, as a, as a cisgendered white woman in Orlando um, you know, I, I have a college education at that time when I was exploring other spaces, uh, I was a, a six figure marketing executive who was still having to budget for yoga and just thought like, why is it up here? Why is the price point, the access, the involvement, um, at a place where I thought we were kind of missing people. Like there were people that deserved to have spaces in those spaces and they weren't there. And, and, you know, the reasons behind that. And then I get very down many, many rabbit holes about, you know, well, how do we, how do we make that better? How do we, you know, how do we help people? I mean, this is, this is owners, this is 
staffs, this is teachers and, and, you know, the students are come as kind of the last part. All there's all this buildup and all this foundational work to having an inclusive studio. And so then I just, I, I, I'm a note taker. I will keep notebooks upon notebooks, upon journals, upon, mm-hmm. and, and I just started sort of cataloging it because my, my career at that time, you know, was marketing. And so I was constantly taking notes on like almost how to make this campaign, if you will, because mm-hmm. that's the world I came from better and able to reach more people, but also what would the impact be on the world if yoga was more accessible? Like, let us say that yoga studios were like 7-Elevens or Wawa's. We had them on every corner. You could pick which one felt best to you or just the one that was the closest and pull off and get in what you need. And um, and what would the impact be on our interpersonal relationships, um, our friendships, our votes, um, our road rage, all these things, <laughs> yeah. you know, and then if you, if you want, you want to keep kicking it up to these large societal global issues. And that's when I just thought, I wonder, I wonder if I could do that. I wonder if I could own a space. I love that I you talked, framed it. Yeah. No, go I ahead. I talked myself out of it. I didn't think I could for many, many years. <laughs> How long did it take you to come around? Probably about three years. And, mm-hmm. um, I had shopped it around to other teachers that I knew and tried to convince them because I had these notebooks of ideas and I'd like, when I felt comfortable with an instructor, be like, Hey, here's a blueprint for a great studio. Would you do this, please? (laughs) Would you do them? And they all were like, that's so great. No, Mm. Um, because they didn't want to own, they, they were focused on different things. um, And I I didn't have any success there, but this idea just kept kind of sitting. And what really sped it up on me was um, I had a mentor that I really loved, respected, and, and she was someone that saw the world um, in more of a, a organized black and white way, whereas I just feel like gray, 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 and like um, it, it could be everything, it could be nothing. And so I wanted to get her opinion on this potential move for me. And I went to call her and was informed that she had passed away unexpectedly. And I went to bed that night and I woke up the next morning with my notebook and I slammed it down on my kitchen table uh, and just told my husband, I'm going to leave my marketing job and I have to do this because life is not promised. Um, If whatever span of time I have left on this, you know, this planet, I just feel like I really have to do this. And if I don't do this, um, I don't know what would have happened to me because I was still riddled with anxiety, frustrated, um, angry. I was a really sad, angry person in conference rooms, working with people I cared about on things that I didn't care about. And I, and the work that I had at that time felt a little bit hollow. Um, I was, I was in a corporate setting. I sure didn't fit in there. I mean, just look at me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And so I, I just, it really switched quickly for me. And then I, you know, I just was like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to, I'm going to overcome my challenges. I'm going to be willing to be vulnerable and and be um, the person that doesn't know what they're doing for a little bit. And that's, you know, the the ball started rolling and then I had many wonderful and great people um, help listen, offer input, share things with me. 
Um, and I, I would just, any, any opportunity I had to visit other places, I would visit studios there and just uh, to take my notebooks and catalog and be like, I thought this was great. I thought this needed improvement. This is something that I see them doing that's impactful and positive. This was something I saw that was woefully harmful, you know? And so that was like how the process began. I love that so much. So the big, like underlying reason why I wanted to put this project together at all is Mm -hmm. because, you know, there's a big community here in Orlando and and all over, I'm sure we'll get outside Mm -hmm. of Orlando eventually, but um, the people who are, you know, quote unquote, sharing love and light, right. We're here to do some good. We want to, we want to help. We're here to help. We got into this stuff because we want to help. But Mm -hmm. a lot of times with all the new tools, it can get very like, um, Mm -hmm. you know, self-centered I'll be get really yep. sucked into branding and social media yep. I mean you yep. you know way better than I do even how much you can mm-hmm. get sucked into that so to me what right. what shines the most from your story is that it started with service it started with you seeing mm-hmm. a need and mm-hmm. not finding anyone meeting that need and you stepping way out of your comfort zone and saying I'm going mm-hmm. to fill this need that I see and mm-hmm. we'll see what happens and like right. that's that's the beauty of it because I, I know you can't see yourself from outside, but I would, I'm going to speak for the whole town and say, we see you as an expert. We see you thank as an you. expert on inclusivity. And for thank sure, you. if someone, absolutely, thank you. Like if someone is looking for a quote unquote safe space, like you're the very first name that comes to mind. And thank you. That, that says a lot. There are people who have been here running studios for 30 years. So mm-hmm. um Thank you. Thank you for coming from a place of service and sharing why Mm -hmm. that's so important and that it's working, you know, because, yeah, it is working. And I wanted to ask, I don't know if this is, you'll just have to tell me if this is a question I can't ask or not, but do you get any feedback from the students confirming kind of what I said, that like it is working and you are doing it and this is a safe space? Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. Um, And I feel like we should declare to your listeners and viewers that none of these questions were presented to me beforehand. I am a person yes. that really welcomes the roulette of life. And I wanted to just be asked these questions and answer them on the spot. Um, <laughs> because I think that's a little bit of a differentiator too, but I feel really comfortable just chatting with anyone about this. Um, and so when we talk about uh, the peaceful peacock and we talk about it, you know, being a safe space, it's important for people to know coming off this talk that I don't ever refer to my studio as a safe space. I refer to it as a brave space. And the reason for that Mm -hmm. is because I believe that there is agency within everyone to decide where they feel safe. And it's not on me to tell you where that is or who that is for you. Um, There is no way I could possibly um, fulfill upon that marketing claim (laughs) and wouldn't. And so transparently, it's like, we're going to do what we can do here every day for each individual to offer them safety and attempt to keep them in a place of feeling safe. But um, humans are coming with a variety of things. And so I say brave and and um, brave also means feedback and, and conversations. And so I you know, I, I feel relatively new in this world. Like you said, there's people that have owned studios, you know, um, for 30 years and I'm in my fifth year. And so part of me still feels very much like a rookie in the world. But as I grow and as I know more owners and as I network nationally and I speak at different things about this, one of the things that I have sort of observed 
qualitatively now is the feedback that we get is different than the feedback other studios get. Other studios get great reviews, five stars, Yelp, there are, you know, all of these things. And we have those too, and that's great. But a lot of the feedback that we get is shared on a very vulnerable, personal, um, dedicated way. And so I will get emails about it was so nice to learn from a teacher that had a body that looked like mine. Or it really meant a lot to me that when I came, they gave me a tour to help me understand where I was in the space so I could pick a spot for my mat that I felt comfortable. I really appreciated that no one did hands-on adjustments with, on me. That's a huge thing in yoga, you know, the, the adjustments and where is the line on consent for that. And in my space, we don't do them. It's just not part of what we are offering for our students. Um, we do not feel comfortable, entitled to, or open to doing that. We like them to be able to take verbal cues and handle their own practice in a way that no one's going to sneak up on them. Because, you know, those things are done from a place of alignment and care. But imagine coming to a new space, not knowing anyone, you're trying to close your eyes and be in the moment and a stranger pushes down on you, touches your shoulders. And so those are some of the things that, you know, here we get feedback on really specific people protocol, the, the very intentional ways that we have designed our space, our staff, how we operate and, and what are our policies behind this? We have a brave space and, and core values policy posted that says like, here's what you can expect from us. And if in the event something happens and, and you know, you haven't had a good experience, you felt like harm was done or, you know, you have been triggered, like, please present that. Here's how, here's how it will be handled. Um, and, and those things kind of develop over time. And that's not just me. You know, I think yoga studios talk a lot about community. And, I believe in that. I think, you know, community in a lot of ways, especially right now can be medicine, but also like, you can't just say it, you have to really back it up. Mm -hmm. And that community is a process. It is, it is being open to things, making yourself available, approachable, um, appropriate. And, and it's to me, being a community studio is more about being in the trench and having tough conversations and listening than it is just, you know, saying we're a community studio and throwing really cool events where people come together. And like, it's, it's a lot deeper than that for me. And so I, you know, I audit things constantly just, mm -hmm. you know, in even the space, I think a lot of people open studios and they're just like, this is the space I want. And they're, they're evaluating that space as a fully able-bodied person. <laughs> Mm -hmm. not understanding how different people with different things and, you know, are coming, you know, how do they get their stuff into the space? Is the parking convenient? Are they able to get in the door? You know, how do they move through? Do you have ramps? Like, you know, is your studio on a second floor? Well, these are all sort of considerations mm -hmm. that go into all of the different layers and, you know, what do they see when they're here and how, you know, we, we talk a lot about too, I, I can't speak for other towns, but I can tell you in Orlando, when I opened a studio and was visiting them as a student, I felt like some of them were clicky. And I think that that is not where we should be and mm -hmm. not where we're trying to go. Um, 
and even now, like I love to practice outside of my studio. Oh, definitely. It's definitely. a must. <laughs> yeah, um, for sure. And um, I hope that, you know, people see that as like just Katie coming to take a class to move her body and breathe. I'm not spying on anyone. I don't care what anyone else has going on. I am very consumed with my space, my students, the volume, and what we're trying to do and the plans to change and heal the world. I think there's like this, um, I don't know, like meta thing that happens with mm -hmm. yoga teachers, yoga studio owners, and even practitioners where they're, nobody wants to be in the click you know, deep right. down, we all want to be loved or whatever, but like nobody wants to be the mean girl in the clique. We all want to be community. Right. We all want to mm -hmm. live out the things that we say and the things that we post with our inspirational totally. quotes and all that. What I love about the language that you use and the, mm -hmm. just the tone is that you're also not a clique against cliques, which to me is very important, mm -hmm. if that makes any sense right. at all. So I've been right. in this yoga community 20 years and mm -hmm. for sure there are cliques. We know that right. it's, it happens. Right. In fact, that kind of a form of community in some cases, you know, that just sure. happens to be a community of people who all look and act the same way or whatever. Mm -hmm. But what I, I have noticed with some people is they will get so nervous mm -hmm. about being the mean girl in the clique or the mean boy mm -hmm. in the clique that they just will recede and stop serving. And so right. one of the things I love about your messaging is it's that I see say it often that we are all learning. Like no one is the perfect inclusivity queen or king. Right. Like we are all right. learning and being right. afraid of it isn't, you know, I don't, I wouldn't say it's right. bad to be af afraid, maybe just to be more vigilant or aware, but um, sure. it shouldn't stop you from practicing or from serving or from opening up shops or whatever. And I, I think no. that's something that you share in a way that right. I, I'm not sure everyone successfully shares it as well as right. you do. Like that's a, right. that's a gift from you that I think is very well received. Well, and I, I want people to know too, that like it, it, along the lines of we are all learning, it's like, if you learn one new thing a week and you implement that, the data on that would be at the end of a year, you have 52 new pieces of information to know better and do better and move forward in the world to help yourself, to help others, to be more aware. Um, you know, and your perspective on that will shift over time. Who you follow on that will shift over time. I think people get into yoga students, teachers, and they find sort of their beacons. They find people that are thought leaders that they align with and thought leaders evolve too. So as you're evolving and thought leaders are evolving, sometimes the message goes like this and you no longer, you are allowed to follow, experiment, go to different places, learn from different people. Um, and that's always going to be like that. And it really, it really should. And, um, and so I think sometimes too, people get in the weeds on this work being insurmountable. Like, where do you even begin, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's just like, we'll just start with one thing. Like progress, no matter how small, is still progress. And we really start try to, to communicate that in some of the outward things. Um, it is like felt in the space. And I mean, there's a ton of stuff I did in my first couple of years where now I look back and I'm like, ooh, cringe. Like one of my... <laughs> One of my favorite things to do in some of these talks, if I'm going to speak to groups of people is like, let's read old Instagram posts from 2018. And I'm like, and look what I did there. And now like you still perceive me as an expert, but like I have messed up. I have had to apologize. I have had to like eat words, unlearn and just 
the more open you are to that, I think like that the work just kind of comes, but um, yeah. Yeah. I feel like if you weren't born in the last like seven years, right there are going to be upgrades that we need <laughs> you know what i mean like just as a culture well, sure. we just have right. to make allowances they're very i don't care i can't think right. of anyone who didn't have to actively learn to change a right. few things to mm -hmm. do better and be better about it it was all stuff right. where we had to be like wait whoa right. i never looked at it like that and now suddenly i will say right. it this way or you know right. have this approach well, and like vet your, you know, vet where you're learning and be open to like shifting that too, because I think in yoga, especially if we're just yoga, wellness, anything, mm -hmm. if you're looking to experts for advice, you know, if they're a person that isn't, if they're giving advice to yoga studios, but they're not actively practicing in, in today's studio and today's studio is very different than two years ago studio. Mm -hmm. There's been a lot of changes, a lot of shifts. Um, but if you're not a person that is in those spaces experiencing that, the the advice and the, the thought leadership um, can sometimes be a little bit removed or, you know, like just in, in a way that maybe doesn't shift the conversation along. It's adversarial. And, and so part of what I love about my team here and about what we bring is that we are approachable. So it's like, do you have a question about something that you don't know entirely the right way to ask? I would rather have someone ask the wrong way and help them. And I would rather ask and be helped. Then I think we sometimes, we don't give people any room to change their minds, to evolve, to pivot. Mm -hmm. um, or, you know, you, you see people say, well, they did this once. And it's like, yeah, they did that one time in the past. <laughs> yeah. Like, then they learned a thing. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, like imagine if we were all like held to the people and ideas and jobs and teams that we had five years ago. Like yeah, that, you know, we have to 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 really give space and grace on these things. Mm -hmm. I love that, and I think you do it so beautifully. And Thank I'm you, so Shai. grateful that you're doing it. Yeah, tell me what you were doing the other day when I messaged you. You were doing you were speaking somewhere special, and you have a new like endeavor happening, right? I'm an ambassador. A couple of yes. If I you want to share about it, <laughs> sure. Um, this year, um, you know, the world is um, moving. We're back to moving. We are back to being together, and that has come online for me in a couple of different ways that I didn't plan or I didn't expect, and I didn't work for. They were not goals. They were opportunities that came to me, and I said yes to them. <laughs> um, and some of that is, you know, going into spaces and speaking about inclusivity, inclusivity in yoga, inclusivity in the digital realm. My back, my background is digital marketing. Um, and so looking at social, looking at websites, like looking at, at personal branding in a way that is like, how is your personal branding inclusive? And so I have that um, kind of simmering. And um, in April, received a call from the team at Lululemon inviting me and asking me to be an ambassador for them, which I could have never dreamt up, planned for myself. Like, um, it, it came out of nowhere. And I want to be clear too, that that says more about me than it says about them. <laughs> that was more my internal dialogue and me maybe not speaking to myself so kindly or thinking I was always capable or advantageous um, or someone that people give a crap about what I have to say in the world. Like I, I um, 
you know, I'm just me here doing this job and whoever wants to be a part of it or notice it, cool. Whoever doesn't, cool, you know? <laughs> and so I was really stunned about this call and I was honored. And part of what I feel really passionate about is um, change doesn't happen from an observational place all the time. It happens from being in the trenches. It happens from being in the hot seat. It happens from working on things from the inside. And that's what, you know, the ambassador role for me is like, yes, let me get in, let me share, let me ask questions. Um, let me help talk about this brand in a way that they don't talk about themselves. You said it earlier, like none of us see ourselves how other people see us. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and so, um, you know, they have some really great things that they are doing for people, for, um, people, out in the world, consumers, for their teams, for the people that make these things, for the environment. And those are the things that I really want to like talk about versus um, I'm wearing leggings and hashtag this. And that's yes. not what I'm here to do. And the beauty of this partnership is that they know that about me. And, um, you know, it's, it's going to come out through posts, advocacy, events, input, um, I am clearly not a person that is afraid to say what's on my mind, deliver relevant and, and you know, tempered feedback in ways that I think are productive. And I'm just so thankful. You know, one of the things that has always been true with Lululemon as an organization, especially on a local level for me, is they've always let me be myself. And it wasn't until I owned the studio that professionally I felt entitled and allowed to really be myself. The places I had worked wanted a little, they wanted a little bit, you know, they wanted, mm -hmm. uh, you know, the, the, the benefits of some of these, you know, Katie brand pillars, but they didn't want everything. And they, they didn't want pink hair and they <laughs> didn't. And, and, you know, like, whilst I know that the leaders and HR of, of those groups would say, but like, you don't have to have pink hair. Well, I do. I really do. And I've decided that for myself. And so that's where too, like, we're just here to uphold who people are in the bodies they have that day. Um, but the Lululemon thing was unexpected cool. I'm very excited about it. It's in the initial phases. I enjoy working with them. I enjoy the people that they have. Um, and it, it's going to be a, a fun, pivotal year, I think, for this yeah. work. And just so just, you know, stay tuned, follow along. Um, there will be things for people to come to, things for people to get, things for people to have input on. And um, it comes at a, at a good time for me because I finally feel ready in myself. And I feel like the space in the studio is ready again after the past two years. And we, we have room to grow. We need to grow. We need to, this is us digging back into the original intent of this and carrying on the journey. I love that. And for our listeners, just a reminder, she's saying she's just now feeling ready five years into studio ownership. So like if you're listening and you're new and you just did your teacher training or you're thinking about yeah. it, and you're like, no way could I ever do this or be this or like, you know, yes, you can. Like, yeah, we we've all had that feeling of like mm -hmm. imposter syndrome and uh, right. not ready and wanting to be perfect or wanting to be something mm -hmm. that we're not. And I just yeah. I love that message for anybody yeah. listening who's feeling that same, like, you know, and there's like a project right. 
behind you. It needs yeah. to come out or you need to sign up for TT right. or you need to go to that class or whatever. No, let's undo these knots and let's undo them together. If, if I am out in the world and you see me, please find me and tell me what you have going on and let's talk about it. Because, you know, it wasn't until I was here where people would say like, well, what's your biggest, what's your biggest fear? And like most people's biggest fear would be like, I'm going to lose all my money. I'm going to go bankrupt. I'm going to fail. Well, when you really divorce yourself from this idea of success or failure and them being human constructs that have nothing to do with you, the people that developed those words, those terms, that mindset, Mm -hmm. they don't know you. They don't know what you have to offer. Why, 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 why would you hold yourself accountable to something that is so phantom and fake? And so, you know, if you want to do something and you do your best at it and you decide you don't want to do it anymore or it didn't work out for you, you know, like, let that be the lesson. Let that be the journey. I I also think the, the impermanence of our lives is kind of a beautiful thing, you know? And, and so if you get up and decide you want to do something completely different, risk has a lot of different implications for a lot of different people. And there are a lot of different constraints and there are resourcing and privilege aspects and proximity to, to resources and things that all go into that. But like you also can start small. Mm-hmm. There's no timelines, there's no deadlines. Like, just let it breathe, let it go and and move and ask for help um, when you need it. Thank you so much. You're welcome. I just adore you. I'm so happy for you that you are launching this. I think it's the perfect role for you to host and hold these dialogues. And, and really, you're providing access to people just by, you know, whipping this up and being yourself. And so Thank you. I'm going to throw some of that back to you. Thank you. It's very yeah. much what we're talking about. Like this yeah. idea came like almost out of nowhere and then mm-hmm. it just like stayed on my face, <laughs> right. like, you know, like a dog would do. Yeah. And it was just like, sure. what? okay, do I really, right. did I, I don't like necessarily, but it just, it just has, it felt like a service that needs to be given. And that's kind of my underlying theme is like all the things we're describing. Yeah. They're for you yourself too. And you'll grow from them too, but it is a service and it is a gift. And by giving it away to the people who may benefit from it, that's like where I feel like the current will pick you up and take you along for a little ride. But if you like stay in your head all day with your ideas and don't share or do or, or offer Mm -hmm. a space for someone, then they just stay in your notebook. So Here's to getting out of our notebooks. <laughs> awesome. Yay. Well, thank you so much. Um, again, you can find Katie at Peaceful Peacock Orlando on Instagram and peacefulpeacockorlando.com. So follow her, say hello, reach out, Please ask her questions. Me. Yeah. Introduce yourself. Um, I think too, I will close with, there's a lot of fear that is tied around people sharing their dreams or sharing what they want to do because also a lot of our culture revolves around money and people will shoot your ideas down or you say like, Oh, like once I say it, then I kind of have to do it. And to that, I would say like, you're missing opportunities for other people to help elevate your vision and hold it up and throw their gifts on top of yours. Um, when you keep those things to yourself. 
And even if it's in like a brainstorm, you know, experimental phase, like that's okay. And so I, I love to see that in the world. I think there's so much more in Orlando, like we're just scratching the surface, Mm -hmm. right? In Orlando, especially. And so I'm excited for anybody listening to this, um, anybody that's following Shay to have, you know, their key learnings from this podcast and go do your thing, get out there. I'm high-fiving, I'm high-fiving through the podcast (laughs) and rooting you on. I am cheering everyone on that is listening. And do you know what else I love? When I have this idea, you know, like you read a book and it could be, it could be ancient texts or it could be something that like Brene Brown wrote a week ago or something, but you're reading something, right? You open the book up and you get to this quote and you're like, Mm -hmm. oh my God, that was for me. Oh my God, today, how could it possibly be the universe? Wow. But again, it could have been written at any time, somebody hunched over like a stone Mm -hmm. and a hammer or a typewriter or whatever, but it hit you in that moment and it meant something to you in that moment. So Mm -hmm. I have that. That's, that's my prayer for this podcast. If someone listens to this, you know, in a month Mm -hmm. that it might meet them, but they might listen to it in a year or two and it might still be the message that they need. So I love the virtual high five because it's like, wherever you are, for those of you who can't see, we're high fiving wherever you are, you can still high five Mm -hmm. us in the air. And this is meant for you at that time. Just yeah, put it up, feel it. Uh, and know that that is that will be an ongoing initiative. Yes, I love that. Thank you, Katie. Thank you so much. You're welcome, Shay. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you found this helpful, or at least that it made you smile. If so, it would mean a lot to me if you shared it with somebody else. You can do so by sharing a screenshot of this podcast to your Instagram stories, and then tag me at Body Mind Spirit Service. You can also visit our website. The link is in the bio. It's BodyMindSpiritService.com, and in there you're going to find a free community group where you can join and chime in with podcast questions or topic requests, as well as network with other people in your field. The website's also going to give you options. To opt in for the blog updates and the email list so you can stay in the loop for trainings and other exciting things there. And if you're more into Facebook, we have a free community group there as well. So again, thank you so much for sharing your time with me and I hope to hear from you soon. You can send me a DM, say hi, let me hear from you. Let me hear how I can be of service to you so that you can be of service to others. May you be happy. May you be well. May you be safe, peaceful, and at ease. And I will see you again soon.